Do you like sci-fi? Uh, I can take it or leave it. Really? Sci-fi is not my jam. I thought you were all into all those aliens coming and abducting and eating us out of big bowls through food. I mean, something. that's my philosophy, but, you know, conflicting things. And after learning about these people, I see why those kinds of philosophies can get you in trouble. Oh, about how E.T. phoned Taylor. <laughs> oh. E.T. phoned a lot of things. Yes, or... Live long and prosper. They did not. They did not live long and prosper. You know who we're talking about? We are talking about Heaven's Gate. If you notice, his eyes went from being small to massive by the end of the saga. Yeah. It was weird. And that's the cool thing about him. Gate. So much of it is so well documented because they videoed stuff. There's links to the videos everywhere. They have their website that's still maintained. Well, you mentioned his eyes. That's just what happens when you're well enlightened or waiting Stop to Stop taking be... your meds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when you stop taking your meds and you've been well enlightened and are waiting to be abducted by a comet. Because I know when I stop taking my meds, my eyes get wider and wider and wider. You've seen that. Mm-hmm. I mean, funny thoughts do pop up when you're off your meds. So, I mean, but to formulate a whole cult and ideology about it... That ends in suicide? That sounds like my kind of thing. <laughs> I mean... Is it suicide or murder suicide or just? I feel like it was a bit of all. Or theological self extrication from your weakness. Mm. Well, we'll find out talking about it. Well, Heaven's Gate is there's so much to talk about and to condense it down. We're gonna skip a lot of 
fun facts, but if people want to know more, I'm happy to do a second episode later on down the track. Yeah. And fill in all us. the gaps. So. Just tell us. So, we'll start off with Marshall Applewhite. The cult leader. He preferred to go by the name Herf. That was his nickname. Herf. Herf. H-E-R-F-F. Herf. Oh, dear. Yes. So, he was born May 17th, 1931 in Texas, USA. And he was born to a Presbyterian minister and his wife. Oh, dear. Yeah. He was the child who followed his family around and they preached everywhere and he knew the Bible in and out, back to front. And yeah, so the self-proclaimed prophet. <laughs> so what I found interesting and different from like other cult leaders is that he drew from not only scriptures, but he drew from science. And he also drew from like so many uh, like so many of those ideologies he also went into like new age thinking about the extraterrestrial theory the paranormal phenomena but that relates back to him he had a bachelor's in philosophy from oh. the university so he had this and he started going to seminary school and then left seminary school so, to pursue a career in music he was a talented opera singer okay so marshall is living in deceased proof why science and religion don't hold hands. I mean, Scientology still exists. <laughs> and we're kind of in that realm. I mean, that's, that's its own episode <laughs> entirely, and, uh, I reckon. I don't think that could even be covered in one episode. I think that would be like five. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a series on Scientology and Tom Cruise. We'll talk all about it. Oh, Mr. One Tooth in the Middle of My Face and I'm So Short. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. like him. Mm-mm. I'm not a fan of Tom Cruise, never have been. I think I've seen one movie with him in it, and I don't even remember. I think I saw Top Gun, and I had to watch that in high school. What was the one where he did the thing with the undies and the shirt on? Or was that even Tom Cruise? I think that's Top Gun. And he slid across the floor. No, that's not Tom Cruise. That's not one of his. I don't know. My care factor is below zero. (laughs) Well... Anyway, he drew on so many of those things, but what was interesting is all the stuff that led up to him becoming, like, a cult leader. Like, he had this degree in music. He was in the army for two years. So he was well-rounded in, like, all different walks. Yeah. But he was married to a woman. They had two kids together. But he actually was teaching at the University of Alabama. Mm-hmm. And he got caught having an affair with a male student. Oh dear. And it was a very Catholic oh. university, so he was dismissed. They love a bit of a scandal. Yeah. And his wife left him after this. Oh, okay. Shocker. Yeah. So then he worked at all these other universities, and he kept leaving them because of depression and mental anguish. And so he was fighting his own bisexuality in that he was trying to repress it, but he couldn't, and he had others there as his students and that. And it makes you wonder, what did he do in the army, too? Yeah, exactly. Because that could have been fun for him, where he started exploring that side of himself. But we don't know. We don't. But this is only one half of the colleagues. We also have Miss Bonnie Lou Nettles. <laughs> now, she was a registered nurse that he became... Associated with. Okay. 
Now, she was born on the August 29th, 1927, also in Texas, mm. and she was born to a Baptist family, but when she got older, she moved away from religion, and she married a man called Joseph Siegel Nettles in 1949. They had four kids, oh. which is important later on. Okay. Now, she became interested in theology, theosophy, astrology, occult, and the paranormal. Now, theosophy... You know, have you heard of Helena Blat Helena Blatsky? No. So Madame Blatsky, I'm saying that so wrong. Anyway, she's basically the mother of occult thinking and theosophy, and theosophy kind of draws on religion, science. It's like the precursor to Scientology and things like that. The pre-evolution. It made it's very hard to understand. People spend their whole lives studying theosophy. So. She was interested in that. But Bonnie would then start holding seances in her dining room at home and make money by doing astrology charts for people. Bonnie, do you want ghosts? Because that's how you get ghosts. She did. She used to get visited by a 19th century monk all the time who would tell her what to do. Oh, Bonnie. So that sounds like a bit of a visual hallucination to me. And her husband wasn't happy with all this stuff, so... They divorce. Okay, okay. So, Bonnie and Marshall met. And there's all different stories on how they met. So, apparently they met... The one thing that would confirm is they met in March in 1972. But how and where is not. So, some sources say Applewhite was an impatient for his mental health. Ooh. And Nettles was his nurse. Others say that he was an impatient, but Bonnie was covering for another nurse from being um, from pediatrics. Oh. So she was covering for that. Now, Applewhite says that he was visiting a friend in hospital and met Nettles, and when they saw each other, they had like this cosmic connection, yeah. like this esoteric understanding of each other. Oh dear. Now, Terry Nettles' daughter says that they met at the theatre that Terry worked at running children's shows because Heather White would help out with the theatre side of it because of his music background. <laughs> but they met somehow and they had this deep understanding with each other and they developed a plutonic celibate relationship. These people never penetrated or did anything like that. Nothing sexual in any way, shape or form. And then, like the dish and the spoon, they ran away together. And they aimed for the moon. The moon. <laughs> like the cow. But, but they never did. No. And when they left, they cut all ties of everyone. Their whole past lives, they left it. Wow. They had nothing. They ran away in a car and just drove around, living this nomadic lifestyle, getting to know oneself. It was, they were having cathartic moments and doing these weird, odd jobs. And that's how they came across, how they began the human metamorphosis. For some reason, my brain said that you were going to say the human centipede, but I knew it was wrong, but I still thought it. (laughs) I wanted to put a parson to enjoy that. (laughs) Well, they were... Meditating on things like that, Francis of Assisi, reading Madame Blatt- Blatt- 
Oh my god. <laughs> Madam Butterfuck. <laughs> I'm normally good with these Eastern European names being one myself, and I'm struggling today. They Mad- so we're reading the book of Madam Butterfuck. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> um, Madam Bloodfuck. Bloodfuck. <laughs> and Madam Helena Bloodfuck. The struggle is real today. Ladies. It is. I have only had one cup of coffee all day. So, uh, the struggle is real. Need to chug that one down. Uh, I will. I might have a sip now. <laughs> For that ASMR. So, anyway, they started like meditating and reading into these scriptures more. And by June of 1973, they had this revelation that they were the two lamp posts that were in the book of Revelation oh at the end of the world just before who witnessed it before they died and they believe that they've been chosen to fulfill this biblical prophecy and you know how they came across this epiphany what they were doing doing the nookie nope oh. digging a trench for a septic tank so they were digging out stuff for shit when they came up with this. I think there was something in the methane. I was going to say, I think they've hit a pipe of some kind and they've breathed something in that they shouldn't have. Yeah, so this was the beginning of the... Uh, they ate the purple berries. I ate the purple berries. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that popped up in an episode previously. Well, funnily <laughs> enough, in season 9, episode 13 of The Simpsons, the episode The Joyous Sect, Heaven's Gate is referenced in it with the leader and all that. Remember, oh, there's a spaceship and yes, they're all dressed yeah. the same, so oh. they actually refer to it. Oh dear. I can bring Simpsons into everything. <laughs> so, yeah. So, speaking of Simpsons quotes, The Simpsons did it. <laughs> the Simpsons did it. So, they've begun to develop their doctrine that they believed that they would become these pariahs and killed by people and then be resurrected and ascend into a spaceship in, as in front of all the witnesses in a process called the demonstration. Oh dear, the demonstration. So, you know, you picture the UFO. <laughs> two people resurrected from the dead, so two zombies. Oh dear. Being sucked up into the UFO. Zooming off into space to experience another level of humanity. That is heaven. Because God was an alien. But they had to unzip their flesh suit. And then then they would go. Yeah. I want to be zoomed off into space. I know. Do you believe in UFOs? Uh, I believe in some of them. I feel like they'd be a bit fancier than like a flying saucer. I believe there is life out there, but all these people who've been abducted, especially all these ones from like the southern states of America, <laughs> who've then been probed, I think a intelligent life would have figured out after one or two probes that our brains aren't in our asses. Yes. Two, I think these hicks got drunk and went to a gay club and had anal sex. Yeah. And the UFO was the effects of ecstasy or LSD. See, okay, well, that would make sense. To me, that's what's happened to these people, but... See, I mean, look at all the people we have in power. See, aliens would take one look at the human race and be like, these fools. Put a box around Earth saying, no one visits. <laughs> this is contaminated. why they talk to us. <laughs> yeah. 
But these two wholeheartedly believe in UFOs, extraterrestrial contact, and were fascinated by it. Absolutely fascinated. And they started calling themselves the two and then dropped their human names of Marshall and Bonnie. And they called themselves B1 and B2. <laughs> almost! <laughs> Bo and Peep. Oh. Because they were the shepherds leading the sheep to divine salvation. Oh my god. All <laughs> you're picturing is him in like a little Bo Peep outfit now with those eyes. Like I sheep. am. I'm never going to watch Toy Story <laughs> the same again. <laughs> well, as they came across this, they kept travelling and trying to spread the word for like pamphlets and getting people to join them. And they went through this stage of where a lot of cult leaders, I wonder if there's a term for it, where they believe that they're above the laws set down by people that aren't God. And so they ignored all these earth laws and regulations. So they got done for like fraud and things like that. And he got out of them. But he got arrested for the theft of a rental car that they hired in St. Louis and they never returned. And he spent six months in jail. Ooh. So I wonder if he was celibate when he was in jail. How that go, Bopi? He yeah. was Bo. He was um, probed. Yeah. He experienced extraterrestrial penetration. <laughs> Whilst he was in jail, he continued working on the doctrine and the UFO stuff. And whilst he was out, Bonnie, like, just kept working, making money, trying to recruit people as they could. And they slowly gathered people. Yeah. Now, you've got to remember, this is the 1970s and 80s, so... There was a lot of drugs. And UFOs, a man just landed on the moon, so everyone was actually really into all this stuff if you look at it from a cultural point of view. So... After that, after he got out, they began recruiting more people again, and they referred to their followers as the crew. So, they were the crews to join them on the spaceship. So, they would leave out all these pamphlets that started off with, like, the word, UFO, fucko, this isn't about aliens, and things like that, oh, right underneath, and then it would have all the information about what they were doing. So, they would post them on, like, billboards, Things like those community boards, telegraph poles, mail them out to people, hand them out to people at churches. Oh so they weren't recepted very well, them and their followers. But they got some a little bit of bad press at that time. So in the summer of 1975, this is when it all all the fun started. Yay! So Applewater Nettles went to the San Francisco Bay. Because this guy that they handed out a pamphlet to was a teacher of philosophy and alternative studies and things like that. And they did a presentation there. And they recruited students from it. They got about 30 students to join them from this. So they were very malleable young minds. And the thing is, all the stuff you read, Apple White was apparently extremely charismatic and entertaining to watch and listen to and be around. So he had that charisma to do it. And he was a teacher before, so he knew how to manipulate, in a way, their minds to his way of thinking. No, not manipulate. Open. Broaden. Broaden. Broaden their experiences on that. Out of, like, the 500-odd people at that meeting, they got some. 
and then they had another meeting at the San Jose Public Library, which got about 500 people. But because of mounting publicity and bad press that was going out there, because people were disappearing and getting caught the UFOs and trolls and things like that, they skipped out on doing it. They didn't intend. They didn't turn up to their own big gathering of people. So that lost them some public vote and confidence. And then they decided, well, this isn't exactly working properly, and we need to get prepared for when the spaceship comes here. So they started, with the recruits that they had, they started moving around, having different campsites, living off the grid, yeah. as you would say, and they would send out their followers to try and recruit people. Yeah. Now, they didn't tell people where they would be camping. You had to find them, and that was a test, it was a to test. see if you were worthy. Oh dear. And at their peak, they had about a thousand followers. Jeez. Which then dwindled down to 39. Yeah. Because when they started bringing in some of their rules and that, people kind of went, <laughs> Bye, you crazy. See you, bitch. But their campsites, what's interesting is so the campsite, they would have the nutrition zone, yep. the hygiene zone. They would call them zone. Oh. Take away emotive words from it. Yeah. So you didn't have any connection to it. Because all their followers and that that they had when they joined up, they had to leave behind their whole families, husbands, wives, kids, ev- all their possessions, everything. If they lived by themselves, they had to sell all their earthly belongings. I would want to take all my pups with me. No. <laughs> they keep you tethered to earth. No, well, I don't want to go in a spaceship anyway. Oh. But it's it's amazing. You think these, there's people who are so dedicated to the cause that they left their own kids. Their own kids and that. And there's quite a few documentaries that you can find on YouTube and that where you see, like, parents and that mm-hmm. who were family, like, their kids left. And they never heard from them and things like that. It's rather sad. I, yeah, I did watch a few interviews with, like, um, a few of the parents who, and they really just wanted to contact them. Yeah, just wanted to know that they were alive or not. Like, it was such a, it would just be hard not to have an answer. And I don't know if this is premature yet. I'll touch on it sooner. But, like... Also, I watched one, and the woman was talking about um, parents who all connected mm. and started their own little, I don't know, I would call it a micro-cult, because they were essentially doing the same thing, but they were meeting in private, they were having meetings, discussing where they think their children or family members are, they would put adverts in the papers and stuff. Yeah. And then one woman was contacted by one, by yeah. her son, and he said, all right, look, we're not going to give you full details, but print an advert with the names of the, the people you want to talk to, and some of them may contact you. Yeah. And that's, all they, that's all they put yeah. forward. And that was under the instructions of Applewhite and... Nettles, who now go by the names of T and Doe. So T and Doe from Doe Mi Pasolati That's where they got it from, the phonetic scale. Yeah. So T and Doe 
found out about this and saw that there was bad press in the papers about them, so they yeah. demanded that that happened. Yes. And they told their students, because they called them students, to go do this. The student, so they had students, crew, and classroom. Ooh. So when they talked about how they were living, they were a crew. Yep. When they're talking about how they were learning and studying and everything about like how they were going to ascend in that, they were students or the classroom. Now, remember before how I said how they like all sci-fi stuff? And yeah. All that? They, they love things like the X-Files, Star Trek, and things like that. Of course they did. And interestingly enough, one of the um, Star Trek actresses, Michelle Nichols, who played um, Uhara in Star Trek. Yeah. She, her brother, joined the cult. Oh. So that that was very interesting. And when you look at a lot of the parallels of what they were doing, they're kind of following like the prime directive from Star Trek. Oh. You're not a Star Trek person. I'm, I can tell by your face I'm, right now. I am not a Star Trek person. I know that there's people with big ears and like butt heads, and then there's like the elf guy with the horrible bowl cut. Oh, you're talking about a Vulcan? That. Yeah, the Vulcans. You're talking about Spock in particular, I think? Yeah, maybe. Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, you're talking about Spock. And I think the things with the butt heads and the big ears you're talking about were the Ferengi. I'm a massive Star Trek fan, so I can see all these parallels. You can draw them up for yourself out of interest, people, because it's very... When you look at all these rules and everything that comes in, you can see some parallels with some of the Star Trek races and things that are in there, because they're massive fans of Star Trek The Next Generation. Hold on, I do know something about Star Trek. The Borg, and they fly cubes. Yes, the Borg's my favourite. And they also have spears. The Borg are my favourite. See, the only the only thing that I cared about was that Sigourney Weaver was like the Borg Queen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm here for that, but I never invested. <laughs> I love it. And oh. lucky I didn't because I, I probably would have ended up in a cult. <laughs> uh, well, we've still got time. Yeah. I mean, we can start you with Star Trek, then go to the next generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Enterprise, Star Trek Discovery... We've got all the movies, we've got all the novels, we have lots that we could go into. As appealing as that sounds, I feel like I would rather swallow barbed wire. I mean, I love it. It's, I've been a massive Star Trek nerd since I was a kid. You're just so. a nerd for Star Trek. Damn right. <laughs> but anyway, so they cut all these ties, and the members had a check buddy. Oh. So your check buddy would make sure that you were following the rules, and that you stuck to all the guidelines that they were coming up to as they went along. So if you were gay, you would be paired up with the gender you were attracted to. So if you were a lesbian, you would be attracted, you would be set up with another female. Okay. If you were a homosexual male, you'd be set up with another homosexual male. Okay. If you were heterosexual, you'd be set up with a person of the opposite gender. So... It was very progressive in a way, and this is so that they didn't fall into some of their rules. And they had a lot of rules that kept constantly changing. (laughs) So, 
there was a lot, and I'll go through them all in a little bit, because there's a lot of them. Some of them were quite interesting. But some of the key things that the students had to follow was no sex, no drinking, no alcohol, no earthly pleasures, or no connections to Earth. They're the basic ones. So they were taught that they would abandon their human body for the evolutionary level above human, or Taylor, which was their heaven. Wow. So it's where your consciousness would go, where you would live forever. And Star Trek nerds would think of this when it comes to just think Star Trek Voyager, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Just the weird cloud. All my Star Trek um, knowledge comes from that one Futurama episode. No, the cloud has nothing to do with Futurama, but that was just a Futurama. Oh, okay. I'm talking about Kess, when she ascended beyond her form. Um, and she just became a conscious being with extra powers. And helped propel the Voyager further in the future. Spoilers! To, like, I said it already. <laughs> and they were told, do not trust other religions. Don't trust other religions. I mean, I'm down for that one. Don't trust anything that you can't see. Is mm, don't a general, trust religion. Is a general rule for life. But, I said trust. There's a difference between trust and belief. Yeah. You can believe it's there, but do you trust it? No, I don't trust anything. Exactly. Well, they were also told that the flight is nearing, and that it must always be prepared to test for them to receive their ascension. And they continually worked on this and studied this when they had like gave themselves diet restrictions. Yeah. And they did the original detox cleanse. Uh-huh. You know, the lemon juice, water, cayenne pepper. Oh yeah. They did that for three months. That's all they lived on. Nothing ah. else. And then they had a lentil diet where they just had nothing but lentils and things like that. But a lot of it, I think, was dictated by their cash flow because they didn't have much. So they would send people out to like get menial jobs so that they can get money to buy essentials and things like that. And then all of a sudden they started referring to their bodies as vehicles. Oh, dear. For the alien spirits. Scientology mm-hmm. does this too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I don't want to take my vehicle in for a service. <laughs> I need a new body kit, please. Does that mean, like, with... Marathons and stuff is essentially Fast and the Furious. Yes. <laughs> They're running laps. Yes. And when you fart, you're backfiring out of your muffler. Oh, ew. <laughs> like you muff a whole new. a whole new mini. Muffy. <laughs> Muffy. No. So it was very weird. And this is important. At the beginning of the cult, death was not essential for ascension. Oh. So, and then, <laughs> this I love. This is one of my favourite things about it all. They retold biblical scripture oh, with their own spin on it. And one example, and this comes from one of the ex-members, was Mary was in, taken up on a spaceship and impregnated by aliens. Oh, hence why it was a virginal thing, and the alien was the light from the UFO, and things like that. I mean... It's okay. just as plausible as an angel <laughs> impregnating her with God's seed. Yeah. It's just as plausible. I can't say that's not plausible. 
Yeah, you can't say that one is accurate without taking time to hear the others. <laughs> as I'll... crazy as they are. Yep. And human bodies are basically... There's always been people in this Taylor heaven existence. And occasionally your body, your vehicle, goes up there like a skin suit with a zipper, as you said, yep. hanging up on a code book. And occasionally you take it down, put it on, and you come to Earth for a while. And that's what Jesus did. <laughs> Jesus just had his meat suit on. Yes, and Applewhite was once Jesus, oh. alien. See, and that's the thing. They believe that humanity had been corrupt by aliens a long time ago. Yes, by bad aliens. By bad aliens. Like Scientology. See, oh. L. Ron Hubbard, he must have known about Heaven's Gate because they have those... The things that make you feel bad are the bad aliens, and you've got to have the good alien energy to make you feel Maybe better. Maybe that's what being infected with depression is. You've just gotten an alien or a parasite in you. That's what saying Scientology says. Oh, see? <laughs> I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I could maybe get behind it. <laughs> No! Bad Lucy! Bad! Lucy, you on the nose! Lucy Fur, the Scientologist, it has a ring to it. I'm gonna boop you on the nose. Don't like you. a cat. Boop! Your ass. <laughs> oh, the sad thing was, Nettles got diagnosed with liver cancer. Oh dear. But she believed that the doctors were wrong, and because her vehicle and all that, she started to just ignore it and do her own treatment regimes out in the Middle of the campgrounds and that. So how did that work out for her? Oh, she died. <laughs> she okay. died in 1985 in a hospital. And Applewhite was with her in, his, in her last moments and no one else was allowed in there. Wow. And it was after she died that a lot of stuff changed. I think it kind of snapped Applewhite, caused him to have, I don't know, almost like, an epith like what's it called? The You're the mental health worker, not me. Like a a, a lapse of yeah. like psyche? Yeah. Like I don't know. He um, lost insight into reality and easily put he had a brain snap. His yeah. brain went Oh dear. And you know what's sad? He never even told Nettles' family that she died until two years later. Oh. And the way he did it was he sent his her daughter Terry a tape with his voice saying how chicken he was and how he how he's sorry that she died, but he knows that she's happy now, and that was basically it. Wow. You can hear the message on YouTube because Terry's still got the tape and still plays it, and it's really sad. Mm. Then, as I said, Applewhite just kind of, the rules. So it kind of seemed, they used to say that Nettles was the brain and Applewhite was the mouth of the organisation. See, that would make sense. Behind every man is a... Smart woman. Yeah. And once the smart woman was gone, you had a dumb man with a big mouth. Oh. And this is when you see his eyes start changing when you watch the videos. It's Yeah, watching, because I watched one of the first videos and he had really tiny squinty eyes. Yeah. Then I watched one from 
a year or so before they went to the next level. Yeah. Um, and his, he, yeah, don't do drugs, kids. Or maybe take your meds, like your doctor said. Or do drugs safely. Do drugs safely. Do you, but keep check on yourself. <laughs> yeah. And, like, another thing I noticed reading and watching a lot of these things, a lot of the phrases, and I reckon it stems from the whole, like, sci-fi aspect, is, like, you said they call their bodies vehicles and stuff like that. Um, They were ascending to the next level. It sounds almost video game-esque. It does. It's like, you just play a video game in life, and There's their that. logo is, like, super neon and stuff. So, and it's a key. Yeah. It's a keyhole. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. But when you also look at it, it's a keyhole, but it's almost an unk, too. It, yeah. Yeah. It is. It's one um, of the... But I, I don't know. I would... <laughs> crucify me for saying, I would play a game of the Heaven's Gate cult. Like, it, the fact that they're all next level and... Funnily enough, there was a board game. Really? I found out there was a board game and there was a video game made. I can't remember what it's called now. I should have written it down. But basically, it was basically the story of Heaven's Gate as a video game. I would totally play it. I tried to find emulators of it and I couldn't. <laughs> I was very disappointed. I, that's why I said I wish I wrote it down. I have to try and find out what it was called again. If I do, I'll pop it as an end note at the end of this session. Awesome. Um, but remember before how death wasn't needed to ascend? Yes. Now that Nettles has died, he went, oh, we do need to leave our vehicles. Oh, dear. Like you get out of your car at the next stop. Oh, see? Yep. See how that works? I get it. (laughs) I mean, it does make sense in a way. It's scary how much of this is actually, like, seeming kind of legit to me. Yeah. (laughs) So to reach Taylor, they would have to leave their flesh suits. And... Then he started making rules, and this is when people started to go, okay, I'm leaving. So lying to him was rule, was a rule break. So you'd have to go stand in the contemplation corner. Go to the contemplation corner and think about what you've done. Time out, basically. Yeah. Um, Keeping an offence to oneself and not sharing it with others. So... Doing something that you're not meant to do but not telling anyone was naughty. Don't do that. Acting on a sensual desire. Don't jerk off or have sex. And someone did. <gasps> all the time. Oh dear. His name, now we know his name is as Sawyer. Sawyer. Yes, and he would often masturbate and things like that. And may, but he wouldn't tell anyone. <gasps> so, so, he was a Teenage boy, teenage girl, masturbating in secret because they think it's shameful and wrong. I said they were punished for doing it. Oh dear, how were they punished? Contemplation corner. Oh yeah. Or banishment from the thing until they could prove that they had cleared themselves of human plague, basically. (laughs) Oh dear. You've masturbated. Go to the contemplation corner. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And if you thought something was wrong, you should have checked with someone to see if you if it was wrong to do. Oh. So that if you didn't do that, you got in trouble. Oh. Um, not trusting your own judgment, which 
criticizes the last, like it's hypocritical of oh, the last dear. rule. Yeah. Trust your own judgment. But if you think it's think it might be wrong, you should judge, ask someone else to judge it for you. But judge, trust yourself. Oh dear. Um, being defensive with other people in the class. Don't you tell me my business? Don't criticize others. <laughs> no being selfish. Oh dear. Um, no exaggerating the reaction of one's vehicle. Oh, I will just live in the contemplation corner, okay? <laughs> I get it. No having preferences. No seeking approval and wanting to receive as good. Not getting too close to other people. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> Don't get angry or aggressive. Okay, yeah. Don't be vain. And never be curious about other things that are outside of there. Look, like I just said, I'm just going to go and live in the, the contemplation space. And this is when they started bringing in the dress code. Oh, have you seen pictures of people from... Describe them. <laughs> Um, the purple, purple shrouds? No, that was at the end. Oh. Like, they all had basically the same bowl cut. Oh, dear. They removed all things that could associate gender. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not having a bowl cut, though. <laughs> I'd rather not. Wear baggy clothes that aren't form-fitting and things like that. I'm fine with that. So my damn pyjamas. I can do that. Yeah, I'm Not worrying about gender. Fine. And they also all had to not use their names. Oh. So you would have to have a name that was associated with you and then add the word Odie at the end. Oh. Now, no one says what the Odie part is. So, like, if you were tall, you were tall Odie. Oh. <clears throat> or if you like to dance, you were dance Odie. Oh. Things like that. So, what everyone... What would your Odie be? Read Odie. Read only. Because I love reading. Um, I'm, a, I'm a child of a librarian. I have no choice but read. What would mine be? Read only. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Tattoo only? Yeah, probably. I'd be tattoo only. But would that mean I'm already a sinner because I'm coming into it with individual eyesation on my skin? No. You just have to keep it covered. And forget that they were there. Because there were people with tattoos and beards. Like Sawyer in his book. And for God's sake, I'm not even going to read the title of the book. It's like 30 words long. <laughs> Just for the title of the book. He wrote about his experience. Basically, when he first joined, they put him in a chair, shaved his beard, shaved his head. Straight up. I would I would not like that. You would have got punchy. I would have got punchy <laughs> as fuck. And then you would have to go to the contemplation corner. <laughs> And that's where I would spend <laughs> the rest of my days in this cult, in the contemplation corner. Well, they kept doing this nomadic lifestyle for a while, and then they decided to build a tire fort oh, campsite. So the campsite was made up of old tires. Does this sound like little rascals to you? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what makes it weird? They bought guns. Oh. But then they sold the guns because they realized they didn't need guns. So. Bloody hell. And so then they went, oh, okay, this kind of lifestyle isn't working for us. And two people received an inheritance. Oh. And funny. so with the $300,000 they got, they bought the murder mansion, as it is referred to. Oh, the murder mansion. Woo! And they lived there peacefully for a while until about 1994, when the Hale-Bot comet came. Oh, dear. 
now the Hailbop Comet were it's basically kinda like Haley's Comet, but it was so to make a reference to Simpsons again. <laughs> the Simpsons is in the episode where Bart has a sees the comet mm-hmm. and you can see it with your naked eye. Yes. That's what could happen with the hail bop. You did need a telescope to astrologists found it and discovered it and you could see it for a long time. So but this was because they used to be the cult used to be obsessed with anything <coughs> extraterrestrial, like they used to still watch um Star Trek, X Files, things like that. They would listen to an NPR show. And NPR is like their national public radio over there, the talk show. And this person rung up saying that I have photographic evidence of somebody trailing that comment. And they went, oh, there's some spaceships that had tea on it. She was on the spaceship getting ready for everyone. Oh my god. So they took it as that this was their chance to send to Taylor. And so begins the beginning of the end. <laughs> what a journey to get to this. Jeez. And that's the summarized journey. It's a lot more. Yeah. Like they met this Filipino guru and all this other stuff along the way. There's a lot happened. So do we want to get straight to the night? Or the mm. time that it happened? I think maybe the few days, a few weeks leading up to it. Yeah, yeah. They started filming their farewell videos. Yes. And you can see those on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're out I've there. shown me some of them. Yeah, and you see them sitting there, and they they look happy, <laughs> and they're accepting it. So you got to say they were true believers in the cause. You cannot deny that in any way. Yeah. And they believed what they were doing was right. So... It's no different to people taking the corrupted Quran and suicide bombing. Yeah. They're so dedicated to their cause that they know the loss of their vehicle is fine. Right. Yeah. Because they're going to the next level. Where they're going to live forever. Round two. <laughs> Fight! <laughs> Fatalities. <laughs> Fatalities everywhere. <laughs> Oof. But yes. And look me in the eye and tell me I'm wrong. Oh, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, oof. If I had to describe that, this whole situation or something, it would just be, oof. Oof. It, French for egg. Oof. <laughs> oof. Egg. Egg everywhere. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, leading up they did these, they went out, they had a final dinner together. Mm-hmm. But they bought a uniform. Oh. Oh. Did they buy it or did they make it? Because I read both. Both. Okay. So they bought one and they altered it. Yeah. And they got patches made up for it. Yeah. And they kind of look <laughs> like spacesuits. Like NASA ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. I was trying to think of it, but. You know. Yeah. But they put on it the away team. Oh my god. On the patch. On all of them. So, they had a little bit of a sense of humour in that. Because they would always have the away team on Star Trek. Yeah, okay. And But, none of them were wearing red. Oh. Star Trek fans would get the joke. 
Oh, okay. I guess you. Because <laughs> in the first series, anyone who wore red, who went on the away team, died. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Is that, like, the whole joke that reds can't shoot or something? I don't know. Or is that stormtroopers? That's stormtroopers. It's all the same. Stormtroopers thing. miss everything. It's all the same. I mean, if they would have seen... They would have watched the Star Wars movies because they came out then in that time period. There's just no documentation of watch that as well as they're watching Star Wars, but I'm sure that they would have watched them. Oh my gosh. And they would have worshipped Jar Jar Binks instead. That was too modern for them. Oh, okay, so the old Star Wars. The free original one. Yeah, 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 I get you. I'm disappointed now. Oh, shush. <laughs> well, and... So then they led up to the day of March 23rd, 1997. 23rd or 26th? 23rd was when they started and 26th was when they were discovered. Oh, okay, yes. Because my information has from the 26th. So let's, you bring us up to the 26th. Oh no, it started on the 23rd, exactly how they were. They, so... So let's talk about that. <laughs> so to leave their human bodies, they were essentially committing suicide, but they were de-embarking. De-embarking from their flesh suits. Unzipping. Yes. And the way they did it was they got applesauce or pudding, so custard, Yeah. in other words, and they put barbiturates in it and a shot of vodka so that mm. they would just pass out. And then they put a plastic bag over their head and someone else would watch over them and make sure that they died, remove the plastic bag, and then put the purple shroud over their head. And they did this in their bunk beds. In their bunk beds, and they did it over the process of three days. Jeez. And Apple White was one of the last ones. And they knew that this is the order that they did it in, because the last person didn't have a shroud on their head and still had the plastic bag. So they did it in groups. Yeah. So... There were three groups over the three successive days. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, exactly like you said. So one group would do it, then the other group would clean up after it. Then. And they were all dressed in the exact same identical uniform, and they all had Nikes on. And people go, oh, they just. There was always the joke that, oh, just do it was the joke for it. But it wasn't because they bought them in bulk because they were cheap. They went to a warehouse and said, what have you got? And they bought them in bulk cheap. Yeah. So there's nothing fancy. Then that type of Nike was taken off the market and now they have collective items. Oh, wow. The last one that I saw went for $600,000. Jeez, just for a pair of Nikes. Yeah. <laughs> and then on March 25th, um, they received an anonymous phone call. They did. The San Diego County Sheriff's Department received an anonymous tip through 911 system at 3.15 p.m. on March 26th. Yeah. Suggesting that they check on the welfare of the residents of days after the suicides had happened. The caller was later revealed to be D'Angelo. An ex-cult member. Yes. Who was sent a VHS to go check on the house on this day. So the call went something like this. 
caller. Yes? I need to report an anonymous tip. Who do I talk to? Sheriff's Department. Okay. This is regarding what? Caller? This is regarding a mass suicide. Can I give you the address? End of call. So that, reading that alone chilled me. And then I found it in a snippet on YouTube yep. and heard it. And could you imagine being the person taking that call and being like, okay, is this a joke? Is this not? Yep. And then imagine being the person to walk in to that address and find that it was back. Well, the guy who received the videotape had already been there prior to the sheriff's and cleaned up um, as per his instructions in the video. Yeah. And then him and another cult member killed themselves three days later yep. to join the ascension. Oh dear. That makes me wonder if they left the cult, but they were trusted enough yeah. to redo it. So they must have been a true believer. They must have been. It must have been. And there's all, like, videos and photos of, like, the bodies in their suits with the shrouds and all that. Mm -hmm. But one of the interesting things was they all had, I think it was, like, a buck 30 or something in their pockets. Oh. Because they always joked around how they might need a bus fare to get there. So a buck is a dollar for yeah. non-Australian people. A buck. For anyone who's not American. We don't say a buck. I don't know. I say a few bucks. I say a few bucks, but I don't go, here's a buck. Oh, yeah. If you said that to me, I'd think, you're bringing me a deer? <laughs> Maybe. Um, but also, another fun fact, Lucifer, fun fact. Um, in the Museum of Death in Hollywood, they have a setup of an actual set of the bunk beds with mannequins wearing some of the real clothing worn by the dead cult members. Yep. That's twisted. So the more I read about this um, Museum of Death, the more I'm just like, I just want to go there just to visit it. Like, there's the gun that shot John Lennon. The, like, there's um, a museum in France of medieval torture tools. Mm -hmm. I'd love to go see that. That'd be fun. And there's a penis museum I'd like to check out too. No, it's not that big, actually, the penis museum. <laughs> That's what they always say. <laughs> no, it's actually just like a room in someone's house. Oh. It's not like a oh. big thing. And there's a vagina museum too. <laughs> you want an interesting fact? <laughs> Go, tell me. Speaking about weird museum items, you've always heard the term merkin. You know what a merkin yeah, is. Yeah, that's the merkin. A pubic wig. Yeah. They were real things. Yeah. And they actually convinced a Pope to kiss one, oh, one yeah. telling them that it was the beard of some saint or something. Drink from the fairy cup. <laughs> um, oh, it's in my teeth. Some, <laughs> some other fun things about Heaven's Gate, while we still have a tiny bit of time, is that there was a movie made called Heaven's Gate, um, and it starred actors like Christopher Walken, uh, and a French actress called Isabel Hubbard. Um, and still till this day, uh, the industry say it's the worst movie ever made for Amateur Hour. Still till this day. Though, Christopher Walken, have you seen it? No. He gets Apple White to a T. Also, he played Apple White. He gets it to a T. <laughs> it is amazing. I mean, look, I would like to watch it because it's I do on, like... It's on stand. 
That's all I understand. We'll watch it later. Excellent. <laughs> That's where we'll go. It's not very accurate now. though. That's fine. I just I I'm I love horrible movies. Oh, uh, it's D grade. It's and there's but they what's also interesting is like as I said, it's so well documented. Because Heaven's Gate hired out like a public TV channel, and they started a TV series called Beyond Human. Hence why everything's Beyond Human, Heaven's Gate cult. Oh. And you can watch the videos online. And I watched about two of them, and I just went, I just want to kill myself for watching this. It drove me insane. I couldn't follow the logical leaps and bounds that he was making. It was so tangential and digressional. It was, it was like looking in the mind, living through the mind of um, a schizoid effective. It was very interesting to watch. So I've just noticed something, and I'm just going to jump back just for a quick moment. We haven't talked about how many members there were. Yeah, there were 39. So 39, um, 21 women, 18 men, aging between 26 and 72. And we forgot to speak about what they're most famous for. The castration. Oh, I forgot to tell part. you about the castration I'm, I'm people. I'm surprised you left that out. Well, Applewhite, after having a wet dream, oh dear. came out and said, like, admitted to it, and basically said, we need to stop these humanly urges, I'm going to get myself castrated, anyone else who's welcome can do it. So did they do it chemically or via the knife? <laughs> <laughs> well... Applewhite had it done by a knife in Tier 1. Um, but when you listen to Sawyer, he gives an interview, the guy who left the cult. Um, they speak about how like, they're going to the chemical castration. And the first time, the first one, him and another person both wanted to go first to show their dedication for a physical castration. And they didn't want to go outside of the cult to do it, so there was an ex-nurse in the cult. Yeah. This is after Nettles left, so there was one ex-nurse, and they were confident that they could do it. And so they started doing it with, no with a little bit of anaesthetic and that, local stuff, and it went wrong, and it turned into a medical emergency, and they had to go to the hospital, and the person ended up having a full castration, which they wanted. And everyone else either had a physical or chemical. Oh, dear. But it was, when you look at it as a percentage, 95% did it, had the castration done. Yeah. But it was only six out of seven oh. who had the castration done. So when you look at it, it's not that much. And when you hear Sawyer talk about it, he's still happy that it's one of the things that he ever did because it made him more open to the world. Oh. So he wasn't driven by, like, sex or those kinds of urges. Earthly desires. Oh, but the women didn't need to be castrated because... They should have been able to suppress their womanly urges. Oh. No sitting on the washing machine for them. <laughs> I mean, when you look at the cult as well, some of it, for something that was an agender cult, yeah. was still sexist. Just sitting on the washing machine. Have you never heard <laughs> I've of that? I've never heard that phrase. So it's a thing from like the 1960s, <laughs> 1970s. Like they would tell, say to the women, oh, well, sometimes you may just need to sit on the washing machine. Because the vibrations of the old washing machine oh would be God. just right oh to help goodness. them orgasm. Wow. 
They make jokes about this on TV all the time. I don't watch TV. Yes, you do. I watch Netflix. Yeah, it's in reference to all shows. Heaps of shows. I've never heard that phrase before. They, That's the best. They say it in Santa Clarita Diaries. Oh. Frank and Gracie. It's a commonly used term. Maybe I've just missed it all this time. Like hand, hand-to-gland combat? Ew, <laughs> I get it now. Burying the bishop was a term for sex. See, look, I'm probably, look, I know, like, flick the bean, and that's about it. <laughs> Have you not heard the term for losing your virginity is to bury the bishop? No. Think about the shape of the bishop on a chessboard. Oh, jeez. And you're burying it in something. Yeah. Wow. How did we go from... Castration. To, from there castration was a to burying a bishop. I mean... Applewhite and Nettles never had sex, they were completely celibate and platonic. There's so many things about this cult, and you can still go on their website today. Yes. Because they started a website to recruit people, and you can email them and they'll get back to you. There's a, a couple, they're in their 60s now, I think they are. Although they, we do not advise joining the Heaven's Gate. No, they tell people that, apparently in the emails, because I've had an interview with them, that they don't, people aren't allowed to join them. Okay. So they basically just answer things. A lot of the stuff they get is, like, ridicule. And then they get people who are generally interested, want to know for, like, studies and research and things like that. I was contemplating reaching out, and I went, mm, I don't kind of want my email attached to a murder-suicide cult. So I kind of just went, nah, I'll just leave it. The but I looked at the email, website. The only suicide murder cult that my email will be a part of is my own. <laughs> yes. Is it a murder suicide cult, or would you go to Jones Town method? That that's a, a a bit bigger. I don't think I could get that. No, you know who you would be. You'd be Asahara. <laughs> that's exactly how you would do if you were a cult leader. Maybe tell people to go out on subways and release sarin and <laughs> throw acid and anthrax from the top of buildings. That would be you. Look, that's just anarchist. Okay, just. The, the the crumpling of society is going to do it itself. I mean... And I well, just can just sit back and relax. Now. I'd say this year the world's probably halfway there. Yeah. But Heaven's Gate was uh, very interesting to read. There's so much on it. It's trying to yeah. filter through it. And there's so much information that we haven't said that we could have said. That we, we could do an episode two on Heaven's Gate if people are interested enough to hear it. Yeah, but we might split it up into two and do the whole topic again, but, but more um, in depth. One more thing. <gasps> ah, so with Heaven's Gate, it was applesauce and custard, right? <laughs> so as we know about some other cults, they they use Kool-Aid for it. Jonestown. Jonestown. But before we go, I have a fun fact about Kool-Aid. <laughs> okay. The Kool-Aid Man is said to <laughs> it is estimated to stand six feet tall yep. with glass three point six inches thick. Therefore, without liquid, he would weigh two thousand six hundred thirty-one kilograms. But when filled with six hundred and seven gallons, he would come in weighing four hundred ninety 
4,990 kilograms, which is roughly the same weight as an elephant. The Kool-Aid Man weighs the same as an elephant. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> and on that note, always remember, drink, drink the Kool-Aid! Kool